I realized in taking that extra time to write that also meant that people who I thought I was going to finish with finished before me. And that was also really difficult. Even if they were my like close friends or close colleagues, it was difficult, you know, to get the invitation to attend their defense when I was still, you know, in the trenches. Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking into the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, a space designed to inspire and highlight the stories of women of color in graduate school who are prioritizing their overall health and wellness while pursuing higher education. My name is Angela, and I'm your host. Let's get started. Hey everyone, this is Angela, and I am coming to you all with a solo episode all about dissertation writing and what my experience has been. Uh, At this point, I am only working on revisions, so I feel like I'm finally at the other end of the tunnel so I can take some time to reflect and answer you all's questions about what this experience has been like for me and also to share any advice that I have. Um, Before I get into the details of that, I do want to let you all know that like in the years past, Grad Girl Wellness will be hosting another 30 miles and 30 day challenge with prizes this year. So do be on the lookout for more information about that. The challenge will be from June 30, June 1st to June 30th. And I look forward to you all participating. We'll still be using the Nike Club Run Club app. And there will also be an opportunity to meet us in person if you are in New York City. So continue to be on the lookout for more information, whether that be on social media or through the newsletter. So today's podcast, as I mentioned, is all about dissertation writing. And even though I'm talking about the PhD level, I think that a lot of what I'll cover today will also be applicable to people who are working on a thesis or a capstone project. So what I'm going to cover today are five of the top questions that I received online about what this experience has been like for me. And so the first question that I got was, um, what has the writing process been like for me? What, how did I approach dissertation? writing. And so one thing that helped me was to kind of be on a, a, have a routine, right? So I kept a writing log. Every day I would keep a notebook and on the side I would write um, the date. I would write what my goals were, you know, 250 or 500 words and like what section I wanted to work on. So I would do that every day, right before, like I would sit down and then, um, write that out and then get to work. I actually was part of a writing group, a virtual writing group throughout the entire pandemic. So shout out to all of the new friends um, that I made um, doing that. And, you know, thank you to all the organizers who are part of the uh, Binders Full of Women and Non-Binary People of Color in Academia. Like that literally saved me and I wouldn't have a dissertation without it. So as I, you know, went through the day and I was writing, I would check off or cross through the things that I accomplished. So because I had that log, the following day, I was able to see what I had, what I was able to do. And it kind of jogged my memory on what I needed to do in order to move forward on the next day. Um, Something else that really helped me was reverse outlining. I actually had never heard of reverse outlining before um, I started doing the dissertation. So essentially what it is, is once you've written out a, a decent amount of, you know, the, the, the chapter or whatever, the, the article, whatever it is that you're working on, you kind of go back and you summarize each of the paragraphs so that you can see in a very like skeletal format, what it is each piece of the paper is talking about. And it helps you to see whether or not everything is cohesive and whether or not that's flow. So that's something that has been really helpful to me. But honestly, it, it was really about 
about setting goals over, you know, short periods of time and kind of sticking to it and being in a routine. Um, that that was the writing process, and there's really no way to get around it but to go through it and to sit down and write. Um, I'm a morning person, so that was kind of like what I had to force myself to do. Um, I was definitely sitting down by 10 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, if I got up earlier, I would love to, you know, bang out a couple hundred words if possible that day. So the next question that I got a lot was, what is a realistic time frame to write a dissertation? So I can only talk for myself. And it took me two years. When I first set out to write my dissertation, I thought it would only take a year. And so I was very disappointed uh, when I realized that I actually needed more time to not only just get the writing done, but to like think through what I wanted to say and, and, and think through my argument. I know other people who, you know, have families or have jobs. And so they had that, you know, pressure on them to, to finish. But for me, that wasn't necessarily the case. I got to, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to write at my leisure to a certain extent. I did have a side job, um, you know, and I was also applying to, to fellowships at the same time, but it honestly took me two years. And that is a, crazy for me to think about that I literally sat and I wrote something for such an extended um, amount of time. So be, be realistic, ask other people in your program, you know, every advisor is going to have different expectations for how long they want it to be. Every program is different. Um, but I can say for myself and anthropology, it took me two years, two entire years um, to write my dissertation. Uh, another question that I got is what were some of the setbacks that I experienced? And so I kind of alluded to this earlier. It was, you know, the realization that I had um, unrealistic expectations about how long it would take. Um, and when I when that came to me, I remember sitting on my couch being like kind of depressed or de depressed, actually, um, not knowing what I was going to do, right? I didn't know where my money was going to come from to pay rent because I was on, uh, I had received a fellowship. And so of course that money was eventually going to run out and I hadn't necessarily planned um, for a whole entire year of extra writing. And so that was pretty difficult. Um, but I remember talking to one of my professors and she was say, she said to me, Angela, it's not that you're taking extra time. What you're really doing is taking the time that you need. Um, so you always needed this time. So I needed, I had to kind of like shift the way that I was understanding the dissertation writing process as a whole. And, and that was helpful to hear, but it also, made it very clear to me that this wasn't going to be a quick process. Um, luckily, um, I didn't have any technical issues. You know, I didn't um, lose anything, no lost files. You know, I did accidentally spill like some kombucha on my keyboard, but it really wasn't. That's kind of like the extent of, of the setbacks. Um, so I'm, I'm lucky when it came to that regard. Uh, so another question is, I was from someone who said that they were in their very first semester and they wanted some advice for what they could do at that early stage to make the dissertation writing process a bit easier. So my first thought was that they should keep an annotated bibliography. I am a note taker at heart. So anything that I like read in class, I would you know keep notes on 
um, like the main arguments of the piece and how different articles would fit together. And that actually really came in handy to me for my first, for my second exam, excuse me, when I had to submit an annotated bibliography. And also uh, for the dissertation, there were some things that, you know, I could copy and paste, or um, I could use my annotated bibliography as a quick reference, right, to kind of uh, jog my memory about what texts were um, about. So first, my, my first piece of advice would be to keep an annotated bibliography. And then secondly, this is one that I've actually heard people mention a lot, is to keep a journal of any interesting topics along the way. Um, if you're in a class or if you go to a talk and you know you hear something that really sparks your interest, write it down. You never know how that could come back to you or how you can make connections that could actually turn into a project, right? And remember, these things take, take years to develop. Not only does it take time to write it, but it also takes time to um, work towards developing a project that's worthwhile and that actually makes a contribution to the field. And another question, the fifth question that I got is, um, what are some things that no one warned me about that showed up over um, during this experience? So um, I, one thing that I knew um, that my advisor advised me on um, was that I should get a copy editor. And so um, that wasn't super hard. There's a guild. I had a friend who sent me a link and you know, gave me some suggestions on the people that she worked with. But one thing I didn't know was how to evaluate a copy editor or how to decide on one that was good for me. And so my friend was actually really helpful. And she told me, she said, Angela, like you can reach out to these people and send them one to two pages of your writing so that they can give you a sample of how they edit. I had no idea. And so, you know, I did that with two different people. They both had, you know, very different um, editing styles, but that was a way for me to see, okay, like, does this person preserve my voice? Um, what, how extensive are their questions? Are they just looking for grammar? Are they really um, kind of fine tuning the ideas, right? So just know that if you do decide to use a copy editor, um, you can have them do a sample for you for free. Um, the other, something else that showed up that was not expected was just how emotional um, this experience was. So I mentioned to you all, you know, feelings of disappointment and depression when I realized that I wasn't going to finish my dissertation in a year's time as I originally expected. So that was really difficult for me because, you know, I felt in some ways that I wasn't abiding by the timeline I had for myself. Um, but it actually worked out because in taking that or in spending an extra year to work on the dissertation, I actually got um, like two to three extra writing um, opportunities that are now going to be on my CV. So in that time, you know, I, I feel like I not only finished the dissertation for the most part, but I also got other opportunities that would help me professionally. Um, other things that, that came up still more about feelings, um, I, I realized in taking that extra time to write, that also meant that people who I thought I was gonna finish with finished before me. And that was also really difficult. Even if they were my like close friends or close colleagues, it was difficult, you know, to get the invitation to attend their defense when I was still, you know, in the trenches. So that's kind of hard to, to see other people moving ahead when you thought at one point that you would be doing it together. Um, but in hindsight, it's kind of nice because then you have people who can give you advice um, moving forward. Uh, more about feelings and, and things that showed up for me. Getting revisions is also 
kind of difficult. Um, as I mentioned, I've spent two years working on something and then to get revisions to say, oh, but but you still miss this. Like that is that's really hard um, because you kind of you literally put blood, sweat and tears into it. And so it's a matter of kind of saying, OK, like I, I put all of this effort and energy into this. I want it to I want to get it right. Um, and I, I trust that my committee members are doing this because they they see the value of the work and they don't want me to put my name on something that's not my best. But it is hard, right? I'm not gonna lie. Like it took me a few days, maybe even a week to open the document with the track changes for my advisor because I was just pretty, pretty over the experience. But uh, once I recognized that, you know, it's doable and that it'll only make the piece better, I felt, a, I felt better about doing the revisions. Um, and then something else that uh, no one warned me about was that doing a dissertation for such a long period of time will really force you um, to improve your, like, your mental stamina and what you will and won't um, allow into your headspace, right? There were some instances where I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to engage with this person because they are going to distract me for the next, you know, whatever interaction we have will probably distract me for the next couple of days. And so I'm just going to not choose violence. I'm going to choose, literally choose to turn the other cheek. And I would do that multiple times. And I was like, wow, like this is a skill that I can implement in other parts of my life, not only when I'm writing the dissertation. And so some things that showed up that people um, didn't warn me about was how to actually um, find a copy editor, all of the feelings that would come up um, when writing a dissertation, then also um, building my mental agility. So those are in short, the five main questions that I got about writing a dissertation. Uh, but this wouldn't be the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast if I didn't talk specifically about self-care and wellness. So what were my ways of taking care of myself throughout this process? Um, I mentioned to you all the importance of having a virtual writing community and those people, there's actually one person in there who I, I consider like a close friend at this point in time, like we're text buddies. Um, they are also in anthropology. And so it was really nice to be able to see the same people um, over time. We were able to share our stresses, share our successes, um, and just anything in between. And so that was really nice. And it helped um, give me a sense of community, especially during the pandemic. Um, for a long time, I would actually take the weekends off, um, you know, just to give myself a mental break to do other things. And that was really helpful, you know, just watch a movie or hang out with friends. Um, I am not a person to pull all-nighters, but I still, you know, wanted to give myself that time and that freedom, right? Um, you know, I do not intend to work all day and night just to get the dissertation done or just to finish these revisions, they will get done when they get done. Um, something else that I did was is more in terms of like a mindset was um, something that a friend actually told me and she, she said suggested to me that I think about the dissertation like a draft, right? That it doesn't have to be perfect. And so while I did put my best foot forward, um, I wasn't trying to get everything perfect, right? It was more important to me that I was able to get drafts of all my chapters um, rather than that, that I get one chapter done perfectly, right? You can't turn in a one chapter dissertation. 
but you can turn in one um, that has multiple chapters that might not be 100% polished, but has all of the main ideas that you want to get across. And then finally, it taking care of myself meant allowing other people to take care of me. And so I had some really great friends who would check up on me um, and just say like, hey, how is the writing going? Like, what have you, are you, have you turned it in yet? Like what's going on with your advisor? What about this meeting? Um, and that was just really nice. And mostly like these are people who weren't in academia. So they didn't, you know, understand the details of it, but they knew that this was a big project that I was working on and that it did require um, some mo outside motivation. And I really appreciated those people being there um, for the long run and supporting me. And now those are the people that I want to celebrate with and also people who I acknowledged um, in the acknowledgement of my dissertation. So that is uh, my dissertation writing experience in a nutshell. And I would be more than happy to address any other questions that you all might have. Please let me know, send me a DM, send me an email, you know where to find me online. And I look forward uh, to speaking to you all again in a future solo episode um, for the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast. That's all I have for you on this episode. I hope that you heard something that inspires you along your wellness journey. And if so, share it with a friend. Until next time, take care.